mornings on RTHK Radio 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. RTHK Radio 3. You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. We're talking about panic buying, uh, the panic buying mentality here in Hong Kong with the outbreak of the new coronavirus also known as COVID-19 we're seeing people scrambling for things like face masks, hand sanitizers cleaning products, rice and now the latest is even toilet paper so why is everyone panic buying? Is it a matter of public's confidence in the government or is it something deep rooted in our psyches? Uh, to mull over this we are joined on the line by Eslin Taragina a chartered psychologist and and also psychotherapist. Welcome to the program, Eslyn. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thanks for having me, Noreen. So what is your assessment of all this? Why are we panic buying? Well, it's put us into uncertain times, hasn't it? Um, we're not really sure what's going on with the virus. Um, we're not sure about the numbers. I think there's some trust issues around the numbers as well. So ultimately, you know, the res the response from the government and so on is quite uh, intense. So we're not sure, you know, schools are being shut, government gyms are being shut, government facilities are being shut. And as humans, we just don't like uncertainty. We don't know how long this is going on for. We don't really know how contagious the virus is. Um, and humans thrive on predictability and control. So uh, when that's not given, we sort of get very anxious and we try everything we can to regain that control and predictability. Um, so sorry, go on. Uh, just what, what we're seeing at the moment, um, the panic buying is is very fear-driven in a way. Um, and fear can, you know, it can overwhelm the system, right? So causing the prefrontal cortex, the executive functioning to go offline a little bit. Um, and once we're very fear-driven, we, we do fear-driven things, we take shortcuts, um, we take cues from others, and it can be quite contagious because we are herd animals, essentially. We do live in groups, so we pick up the cues from other people as well. And and are certain people more prone to panic buying? Like, I don't know, I'm just saying impulse buying, for example. You know, some people will stand in, in the supermarket queue without even glancing at the gum or the chocolate bars, but there are people who will sort of fidget with it, and there are lots of people who will just sort of take it and put it in, on their, in their trolleys. Is it like panic buying? Are certain, more, are certain people more prone to it? Um, I would say impulse buying and panic buying, um, we should probably separate those two because panic buying is, is like I say, very, very fear-driven. Impulse buying is based on impulsivity. Um, there are people that will be more prone to, to panic buying, which um, is, depends on your experience and, and what you've been through. So if you've gone through any sort of negative experience about health in the past, or you know, SARS is a good example of that, there might be uh, some sort of trauma left over from that, some sort of deep-rooted anxiety left over from that, where you're like, oh, I can't go through this again. So, yes, you might be much more easily triggered to then go and panic buy and get caught up in that uh, sort of anxiety. Yeah, I've read somewhere that, you know, this isn't just, you know, Hong Kongers being Hong Kongers, but it is some sort of unresolved trauma left over from SARS and that people are worried and there's a parallel, you know, and, and, and people are, are worried. So uh, what about the role of social media? I mean, ha has it escalated things? Has it made things worse? I mean, we always we like to say social media makes things worse because it definitely, um, you know, everyone can post their opinion on it, whether it's a scientific opinion or a, a fear-driven opinion or 
you know, just your personal opinion that you usually share with your mates. We get access to a lot of different resources that we can't actually verify. There's a lot of different, you know, conspiracy theories and ideas and assessments of the situation, and we get bombarded every day. Uh, not just social media, but also just media in general. The topics constantly on the news, um, and there's always a little bit of a little bit of an emotional kind of component to, to every news report and every statistic that we see. So uh, I guess social media just puts it more in our faces as well in lots of ways. It's not just happening in Hong Kong. Um, uh, friends of mine are saying it's happening in Singapore as well. So it, it isn't just a Hong Kong thing. So perhaps it isn't just a unresolved trauma here in Hong Kong, but it's elsewhere in the world. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like I say, anxiety um, around unpredictability and uncertainty is very deep-rooted in us. I mean, survival-wise, we need to be able to predict in our, our environment in order to survive. So, first of all, this is a health issue, so naturally we kind of associate that with survival at some subconscious level. And then secondly, um, not being able to you know, predict what the future will hold and whether, whether we will catch the virus or not, even if the statistics say the risk may be low or not. Um, will will cause us to go into fight flight mode um, in lots of ways. Yeah. How do we calm that anxiety? I mean, it seems to be. You know, some people say it's irrational, but there may be some sort of rationality behind it. I mean, how do we calm ourselves down and and everybody around us? Um, well, there's a, a few different ways. I mean, one one thing is we we by nature quite often are creatures of avoidance, right? So if something's really uncomfortable or scary, we want to do everything we can to to avoid that discomfort. So then we go and buy toilet paper because we get that sense of oh, maybe we can get some control back if we're just prepared enough. You know, yes. uh, whatever happens, <laughs> at least we have toilet paper, right? So, um, but uh, yeah, so one of the ways of dealing with that is actually engaging with that discomfort and you know and, and observing that emotion both how we're feeling but also physically in our bodies um because that will by engaging with the emotion we kind of keep the prefrontal cortex so our executive regions a bit more online right we're observing it we're looking into it we um we can look at what those feelings are telling us why are we actually scared what's you know the and what's the realistic uh, threat and then once we know that and get to the bottom of that we can go well how can how can we make ourselves feel less scared. But we, in order to really keep the prefrontal cortex online, we need to be able to turn around and face that emotion rather than just doing those fight-flight behaviours as a response. I, I, I seem to see that there's no end to this panic buying. I mean, you think that at the end of last week all the toilet rolls were gone, but people are queuing up and still waiting for it to be restocked. And because supermarkets aren't restocking fast enough, um, people are that worry sort of multiplies. Does that make sense? <laughs> Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's like at first, it's like, oh, maybe we're just all panicking. But then because there are really no toilet rolls, maybe there is reason to really panic. So it's like, <laughs> it's like panic on steroids. It's sort of self-perpetuating at that stage, yes. isn't it? I think one of the things that we do as humans as well is we, we hook, into, hook onto the one thing that we sort of feel we can solve in that moment. So then we can't see the forest for the trees, right? Um, yes. a, a way of getting away from that is actually looking at, okay, what are we really scared of? Are we scared of running out of toilet paper? Are we scared of the health threat to our families? Are we scared of getting sick or you know, maybe the economy going down and us needing to, to go somewhere else for our livelihoods. So really, if we kind of manage to turn away from the toilet paper for a second, um, then we can look at really planning and finding options and diversifying our risk uh, 
by brainstorming, okay, well, what am I actually afraid of? And, and what different solutions can I provide to that? You know, and, and getting creative and thinking out of the box. And um, Because once we have, one of the ways of managing uncertainty is actually to really find solid and research good options if things really do go wrong, that we might have a way out or multiple ways out rather than focusing on, I'm going to buy toilet paper and masks and hand sanitizer. What about the sort of the value of these things? I mean, toilet paper is just toilet paper, but because they're so rare now, if you manage to get your hands on sort of rolls of toilet paper and manage to give them to your loved ones, does that also show like a sign of your love? And um, that there was um, uh, Gordon Matthews, an anthropologist, sort of wrote about this, you know, years ago. Uh, Happy Happy Meals gave out um, toys of of Snoopy, and they were a real commodity because they were so rare. Uh, boyfriends would used to queue up for ten hours for that Snoopy for their girlfriends and it really was a sign of how much they they I mean it's just a Snoopy doll but they had to queue up for so long for that so it also symbolizes something more important could that be something like this I mean people don't need toilet rolls but because people attach or know how important they are they're queuing up for their loved ones Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like toilet paper has become the new social glue. Um, so, yeah, of course, it does. It, and also, um, there's a role of social media in, in there where um, we almost feel like we become part of a bigger group, right? Everyone's talking about toilet paper. Everyone's posting empty shelves of toilet paper. And suddenly, you're part of a, a, a wider audience, a wider community, right? Um, the downside, of course, of that is that, yes, that applies to your friends and family and your closest circle and maybe the people that are on, you know, team toilet paper, but it also creates resource competition, which creates hostility towards, you know, people that you might consider you are not your immediate uh, in-group. Yeah, the competition. And yeah, we are seeing hostility, you know, uh, I mean, people not really, I mean, they're still quite orderly, but there are sort of people, you know, having words with each other when they're queuing out in front of a pharmacy for face masks. And, you know, you're sort of nudging other people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I mean, we see a lot of hostility in in terms of, you know, very strong feelings about whether whether or not you should wear a mask and whether the panic buying is um, affecting people that actually need masks and toilet paper, you know, shortening the resources because other people um, are, are said to be hoarding toilet paper and masks. So, yeah, the hostility is adds, adds an extra element to this whole situation. Uh, well, interesting that you brought up the face mask. I, I was in a taxi uh, and the taxi driver was wearing a face mask and I sort of asked him, you know, if, if you're alone in the taxi, why are you wearing a face mask? And he said, you know, I don't really want to wear a face mask, but it really is for the image, you know. I, I, mm. <laughs> and it's true, people, perhaps some people don't really want to wear a face mask, but it is all part of the whole uh, healthier image <laughs> to portray mm. to other people. Uh, absolutely, and I think also it's a it's a bit of a, a symbol of um, you know that like what you mentioned earlier that kind of social okay we're all in this together uh, building that community where um, often as humans we try to fix problems right we try to solve problems um, but it might be worthwhile reaching out to your group to your family to your loved ones for social support rather than going, okay, how can we fix this? Just sitting together and going, well, these are uncertain times. These are scary times. You know, people are losing income over this. People are getting sick, of course, and people are losing loved ones over this, realistically, right? Um, so getting together in a social social setting and really talking about 
how is this affecting us rather than necessarily going, okay, we need to try and grasp at something to make us feel more in control. That's an excellent point. You know, we are in this uh, together, which brings me to, to my sort of last point. Is Does buyer's remorse apply to this? I mean, do, do, do some people sort of buy, I don't know, 10 rolls of toilet roll for their home and then suddenly realize, you know what, I only have two members in the family. Why do I need 10 rolls or, you know, and does buy, um, buyer remorse feature in this? Do people feel guilty for buying too much? Um, I mean, it's it's very possible. I think usually with um, what so-called lower value items or staple items, buyer's remorse isn't such a strong thing because you will eventually use all those 200 rolls of toilet paper <laughs> in your lifetime, right? <laughs> um, but I do think guilt plays a role in general with this um, and, and uh, definitely also regarding the buying, especially when you then read something on social media. And I think it happens to all of us whether we've chosen to wear a mask or not, when we read something from um, an opposing opinion saying, oh, it's very selfish not to wear masks, um, then we may feel guilty or vice versa when people say, oh, it's completely useless to wear masks. And it also causes some sort of discomfort, perhaps some anxiety or, or some shame even, where it's like, oh, maybe I am being stupid. So um, there's a lot of emotions being played out in this circumstance. Yeah, wow, very interesting indeed and, and lots to think about. I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I wear a mask, but when I'm in the office, I take it off because I assume all my other colleagues are healthy, otherwise they wouldn't be uh, in, in in the office. But then I do get the occasion, occasional looks from, from other people from other departments thinking, well, why, on, why on earth aren't you wearing a mask? So uh, <laughs> I quickly sort of slip it up again. But it's true, other people do play a role on how we feel and how you know guilty we feel about certain procedures yeah, absolutely especially if we can't get hold of, of really solid facts where we know exactly what's going on that makes it more difficult to um you know either defend an opinion or also feel really certain about your own opinion on mask wearing or toilet paper or whatever it may be exactly wow well food for thought indeed eslin thank you so much for your time this afternoon and i look forward to chatting with you soon again thank you very much yep. Thank you, Noreen. Have a good day. You too. Stay healthy. And that's Eslyn Terragina, a chartered psychologist and psychotherapist, joining us this afternoon talking about the panic buying mentality.